0: yo what's going on guys we are super geek for this motherfucking episode because we are with jordan stupar founder of sales domination system and an entrepreneur here in milwaukee um i actually found jordan on instagram just through him creating videos and bringing a shit ton of energy, so I'm super geeked at him on this podcast and let him share his story and how he founded the Sales Domination System and
1: became a boss in the city of Milwaukee. Jordan, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate you guys coming to coming to me. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so Jordan has done like a crazy
0: amount of stuff in the sales game, and he's you know he's founded a business now, which he's currently working on. A little bit been startup phase, but he. Did a lot of stuff prior to that and i want to let him share that story and how he got here and how he got the opportunity to create sales domination system
1: yeah i mean it's a long story honestly i mean the the short version of everything sorry phone call <laughs> the short version of everything really is uh born and raised in in brookfield like 20 minutes this way um and when i was like 20 21 i think i moved out to virginia uh, Virginia to Dallas, Dallas to New Jersey, New Jersey to New York City, New York City to Miami, Miami, back to Milwaukee. And the whole time um, I was doing a combination of different types of sales from door to door. I sold two different types of vacuum cleaners, uh, Rainbow and Kirby for my people out there listening. Uh, and by the way, if I had to choose one, it would de- definitely be a Kirby. The Kirby the, the Kirby is, is, is hands down the greatest vacuum Ever created. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and I sold uh, security systems door-to-door cutlery um, for like 10 minutes in uh, Dallas. I had my health and life license, so I sold insurance like for a day. Um, wasn't worth all the training that I had to learn to, sure. to do it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, New York City, I was on the phones inside sales. And then um, in Miami, I worked for uh, Grant Cardone for about four, four and a half years. And so when I came back to Milwaukee... Um, you know, I was just kind of over the miami scene um I was over the people really I mean, if you're listening to this in Miami, I'm sorry, but most of the people in Miami are just fake, pretentious, they don't work and so um wanted to go back dude to my to my to my people, you know like good wholesome like hard working midwestern people and uh wanted to start this company sales domination system here in uh the third ward of cloudy mostly cold. <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. 80% cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of the short story of how I, uh, I'm i here and why I'm here. and For sure. Yeah.
0: So what, you know, let's rewind back to when you even first started your career entirely. Like what made you want to be in sales? Is that something you always knew you wanted to be doing or is that something you kind of just stumbled into?
1: No, like um, when I was a teenager, I, I saw, when I was in high school, I saw two guys, I, I didn't even see the guys. I saw a tree and I saw a tree outside of high school and there was like, 15 girls circling around the stream like what what's going on like I want a girlfriend I want you know who doesn't want to be popular as a guy with the girls in high school right Right. so saw these two guys and they were playing guitar and I was like dude I gotta go get a guitar because obviously that's the way to a female's heart (laughs) so I go and pick up a guitar and it became my life and so my dad he'd always been a salesperson he'd done really well for himself Um, you know upper middle class lifestyle I grew up in and I was, always looked at him in his suit, and I was like, I'm never going to be you. I'm never going to wear a suit. I'm never going to be a sales guy. Never. And so I like, poured my heart and soul into music. I started a band here in Milwaukee. We kind of toured around like Illinois, around uh, Wisconsin a little bit. And um, like, the band kind of like, just fell apart. My bass player quit. And I was like, oh, dude, you know what? Like, what, what am I going to do? So I was working at Chili's uh to, for at lunch shift, they wouldn't trust me with the dinner shift because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I sucked um uh, but uh, I was at Chili's, and I'd make like twenty thirty bucks at lunch, go home, you know, hang out, do nothing like my life was like just garbage um and so uh if you're listening to this and you're like nineteen and you like have even halfway of a game plan put together. You're way ahead of me. <laughs> and so um, I went on to Craigslist because I got fired from Chili's uh, for just not showing up to work so many times. They're like, dude, we got to let you go. And so I went on Craigslist and I just typed in sales jobs. And, um, you know, I, I found a door knocking job where they're like, you're giving away a free alarm system and we'll pay you $225 for giving away alarm system. I'm like, okay, clickbait. Like, yeah. so I showed up, got interviewed and... um I got into sales and it took me two weeks to get my first sale because obviously you're not just giving away alarm system. You give away the equipment and then you charge um, a monthly price for monitoring and then uh, they get the equipment for free. And so it took me two weeks. I'm in the ghetto here in Milwaukee, like bad neighborhoods, little white boy, like carrying around a binder, you know, like just talking to people. And uh, it was after my first sale, I I, I was like, I just got off the phone with my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm going to quit. Come pick me up from the hood. Take me home. Sales isn't for me. I suck. She's like, just knock one more door. And I didn't even knock one more door. I looked across the street and there was this old, like, 1980s Ford beat up truck with this guy sitting in it. I'm like, he's like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just giving away alarm systems. He's like, man, come over here and talk to me. So I started talking to the guy and, um, I did a sale with him and in 30 minutes of talking to this guy, and I swear he only gave me the sale because he could see how dejected I was, like he just gave it to me, total laydown. down. Um, but I walked out of his front door and I was like, damn, I just made 225 bucks in like a half hour. Little did I know that it actually took me two weeks to make that much money. I would have been better off at Chili's, but I saw the ability to scale, like how many of these can I do a day, right? And so uh, it was at that point that I decided, like, dude, I'm going full-blown sales. How many books can I read? You know, who can I talk to? How far can I take this career? And so it was at that moment that I actually then became, you know, a salesperson.
0: Interesting. So it wasn't just, like, right away out of the gate. No, it was, I, it was something I resisted. Yeah, for sure. Especially because Dad was doing that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So then you ended up circling back on it saying, fuck Chili's. You know, I got fired from Chili's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you I it haven't eaten there since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're like, okay, I can actually like scale this shit. Yeah. And so that's like what still attracts you to the sales game. Yeah. It's like the work you put in is what you get out yeah, of
1: Yeah, totally. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people out there, they look at sales and they're like, well, I have to be pushy or like I have to be extroverted. Like I'm not a big, huge extrovert. Like I put myself out there a lot because I understand the game now. But one of the things that I feel like a lot of people don't get is they're like, man, well, I'm introverted. You know, I don't really like talking to strangers or people and it's like, if you're introverted, you probably have a better chance of being good at sales than somebody that's like boisterous, loud, and in your face because that's who you think a salesperson is. If you're introverted, you can kind of be like undercover and just be like a sniper, you know? Yeah, that makes and sense. so um, yeah, man, like that's when I got addicted to sales, because it was just like, dude, there's a lot of money in this. And like, if you really look around, like windows, brick, real estate, the wood floor, the computer, microphone, like everything that you see was bought and sold by somebody sure. to somebody and people make money off that. So, you know, that's uh, that's what I, I see about it is like literally with sales skills, I can go and do whatever I want anytime, any country, like anywhere. And because it's just, it's a skill that you have to just persuade, motivate and inspire people to do stuff that they're going to do anyway. Yeah, you know? That makes
0: sense. I think so, I think sales is like, uh even if you're not in direct sales, your job is to sell yourself every day. Absolutely. Whether that's in a team, in a corporate world, whether that's with your team and here in the office right now, whether that's just your
1: ideas to anyone. 100%. percent you
0: to influence your friends to make things, do things yeah. to do. Yeah, you know? or your girl. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah was, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: How are you going to get a girl's phone number, man? It's the same thing as making a sale. Just making the sale. you got to walk up and say, hey. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? I love
2: that shit, man. And yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, so you said you're moving around quite a bit. Obviously, you were giving up... Uh, giving up a lot of stuff to make all those moves. And yeah. Was that directly for sales itself?
1: Uh, kind of. I've always been um, chasing opportunity or I've been chasing a girl. Um, the reason I left Wisconsin was for a girl. And then my move to Dallas was strictly business. Then my move to New York, uh, New York, New Jersey was for a girl. <laughs> Miami was for strictly business. And then Milwaukee was finally again for strictly business and to get away from a girl. Oh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, there. It's always been business or a girl that's, you know, kind of motivated me to pack up my stuff and go. Um, but I've always been able to find the, the business opportunity, um, you know. And that, I think that's important is to, is to search for it. And, um, you know, for, for me, I, had to, I always thought that the opportunity was outside of Milwaukee. Little dad I know I come back. Um, and so I found those opportunities. I crushed those opportunities. But really, wherever you're at, there's opportunity. You just have to just actively go and look for it.
2: Definitely. I saw, uh, saw one of your Instagram posts. It 70 20 uh, rule. Yeah. 70% of the time you should be outreaching the people who are above you or at yep. least like have the stuff that you want. Um, I guess, how have you really like, done a lot of that outreach or how have you found those people?
1: Yeah, so um, I only kind of really learned of this rule or made it up for myself in the last couple of years um, because... You, you. I mean, you have that kind of cliche saying of you are, you know, the five people that you hang out with the most, right? Right. And uh, although I think that's true, I think that, um, you know, you can be spending a lot more time with people that have what you want. Like, you know, if there's, uh, if finances is what you're after, business opportunities and like money and a big house and a fast car whatever, whatever, um, you got to get around those people because they already know how to get those things, you know, right. like- um, maybe, maybe you don't care about that stuff. Maybe you want to be uh, the lead surgeon at a hospital. It's like, okay, like I'm going to go hang out. I'm going to go to school for this obviously. And I'm going to make friends with as high up people as I possibly can that can give me, you know, cheat codes and shortcuts to getting to where I want to go. Cause no doubt you can get what you want on your own, of course, but it's so much easier if you have people around you. So the way that I do that is uh, social media. I'll reach out to people um, and also I use, you know, the one thing I love about phone sales as well is I can call CEO of any company Mm -hmm. and after enough phone calls, he either tells me, dude, I I hate your guts. Go screw yourself. Or he's like, yeah, man, stop by my office. And most of the time with persistence and enough phone calls and enough value to somebody, they'll say, man, yeah, stop by my office. So, you know, for me right now, I have a phone full of Really nice contacts because I've spent a lot of time trying to find and acquire those. Yeah, and so at any given moment, like if I needed a massive, you know, cash injection here in my business, like I got somebody to call that would drop whatever that, that they want in exchange for part of the company. If I want um, to get on, um, you know, a YouTube channel with somebody that's pretty big, I can basically make a phone call. I try not to abuse uh, that power, but it's good to have those connections. And so you know, spending seventy percent of your time looking up is just a good use of your time versus spending all your time with like your friends or people that are on your level, which, you know, going into that rule, 20% of the time I spend is, you know, with people that are on my level or whatever, because you can't really grow if you're hanging out with people on your level. Like sure. yeah. <laughs> they can't pull you up, you know, nothing yeah. can happen. And then I like to spend 10% of my time, you know, nurturing people that um, have a desire or a want or a need to get up to the next level because I know I can help them and it's kind of like not really charity but it's just the right fucking thing to do with people that want help give them help you know so that's kind of how I run it Um, I wouldn't say that it's exact all the time but my intention is to spend my time in that way I love that that's that's 100% what I
0: think too and I think we've noticed even a change in like who we've Spend time with too, and you gotta kind of be like self-shooting time sometimes. Too. You have to, and you really do because it's like you have a goal set inside, and you're hanging out with people that don't aren't taking you to get to that goal or aren't keeping yeah. you in that mindset of reflecting that goal. You're gonna start falling off.
1: hundred percent. And
0: so, it's a matter, I like when you like delegate the percentage. Like, yeah, we'll still spend time with you know people that are you know on our level or maybe even a little low, you know, but we want to make sure we spend more time with other kind of up. Yeah, I love like that.
1: like if you had hundred and sixty-eight bucks and that's all you had, yeah, you'd probably be kind of greedy with it, right? For sure. But people don't... I mean, that's that's how much time you have in a week. How many hours you have in a week? 168 hours. But people aren't greedy about their time. You know, like, I'm pretty greedy with my time because you know like podcast this is a great use of time i'm getting my name out there i'm talking to you guys i'm making connections maybe luckily somebody out there gets inspired on on whatever like this is a good use of time for sure um where you know just sitting in front of netflix or you know watching a you know bum ass youtube channel for like half my day like it's not a good use of my time so you know if you're out there listening dude you got 168 bucks every single week you better spend it wisely for sure how do you, um, you
0: know, in terms of, like, consumption on, like, social media and stuff like that, how do you, do you, like, regulate your time, obviously, or how do you, like, manage that? I
1: try to. Um, <laughs> every Sunday morning I get, a, I get a, a notification on my iPhone about my screen. Now, oh, yeah. And sure. it's like, fuck. I think think that's America right there. Yeah, dude. Like, all like, fuck, man. (laughs) It's been that week. Like, I look at it and it's like, damn, dude, I spent four hours and 50 minutes every single day looking at my screen, dude. Yeah, dude. And so I go inside of it and it's like, I look at the apps that I spend a lot of time on and I would say Instagram is the one I spend the most time on. And it's not usually from the consumption um, point of view. I don't consume a whole lot of content. Um, I spend most of my time creating it um, because... I, it's a better use of my time um, but uh, yeah no, I spend, I spend way more time than I should probably on social media because I understand the importance of it and I'm just trying to get it right um, because Instagram huge platform, unbelievable uh, ability to get reach, engagement DM people like, it's just a great platform I think to provide other people with value and so I work hard on that uh, because building that audience on Insta so hard like okay. it's so hard like you have to go fucking ham to get 10 followers you know like for sure and you have to go really ham to get those 10 people to like give you a thumbs up like comment you it's know like, like different it's, it's like levels to it you know you there is
0: followers and then you can get engagement and then you can provide influence
1: there it's is like people that like are following you great people that are liking you even better with yeah. people you actually have influence on it yeah. like yeah. fuck with your shit you know but on the same on the same manner, it pays off because you know you can you can grab a a t shirt that you're selling or something, and as soon as you get that ten k followers, you just hit them with a swipe up or something I mean literally you took fifteen seconds out of your life to say, "Hey, here's a product, it's on a special or whatever, swipe up, and it's like you make money doing that like Kim Kardashian dude, that's how she makes her fucking bread, yeah, yeah you know yeah. swipe up, I got new lipstick or Kylie or whatever the deal is, you yeah, know." Right. And they make money just swiping up, you know? Yeah, it's just crazy. Free, it's yeah, the energy world energy we live in. Yeah. yeah, it's the world we live in. It's the attention, bro. So, yep. so like, I, I work hard really on the really attention because I know that money goes you know, where For attention me. is. Absolutely. You know, do you fuck
0: with any other platforms or mostly like Instagram? People? Instagram
1: I love probably the most. Yeah. Um, I, I see a ton of, uh, of value inside of YouTube. Yeah. Um, on the flip side though, it takes a minute to like make a 12 minute quality vlog that For somebody's sure. actually going to watch. So that's really time consuming. Um, I, I try to do like one video a week where it's just like updates some value. Uh, I don't really try to sell anything on YouTube because YouTube again is a very value based platform. Um, it's good if you can figure out a way to put your products in the video somehow. Um, but uh, Facebook, I've got a great audience on Facebook. I've worked really hard on build- building that audience. Um, I get a lot of engagement on Facebook. Uh, Twitter. I don't know. I got like thirteen thousand followers on Twitter. I've worked really hard on that, but I've kind of let it go a little bit, um, just because the staying power of the content you create like is gone, like instantly. Right, like the average the average life of a tweet is like eight minutes. Yeah, like no, for
0: sure. Versus like an Instagram post where it's always right. Yeah,
1: exactly. So yeah, that's kind of that's what I I mess with. Um, you know, some of the other social platforms I don't really go on. Yeah, like Snapchat, dude, took a hard hit. Like whatever yeah, that dude. was, a year and a half ago, and they switched their platform. Yeah, like, I used to get, like, 600 views on my stuff, and then it oh, went down God. to, like, 80. And everybody just wants to Instagram, so. you like, I'm done here. Uh, yeah, bye. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no
0: emotion about that shit. Yeah, see ya. How, how do you, uh, so you guys implement, obviously, like, obviously you do a lot of, like, personal social. Do you guys do, like, a lot of, like, business branding, too, through social?
1: Yeah, so, um, I think it's I think it's pretty fascinating how you can brand yourself as an individual, and I think it's also fascinating how you can brand a brand. Like if you look at Kleenex, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't know like the influencers behind it. Like it's not like you know the Rock was like I have Kleenex. Like buy my buy my That's tissues. Right. Um, I think it's pretty fascinating, and I find it really, um, I found it really fun to like co-brand myself and take with me this brand that I have a pretty decent following with and start to kind of like mesh it and blend it in with sales domination system um, from the standpoint of what I'm starting to build. And so I spend a lot of time now on my own branding and just doing Jordan Stupar and then I also spend an equal amount of time now branding you know, and making videos and content for sales domination system. And so uh, it's, it's double the work now. Um, but they kind of feed into each other because I did create sales domination system from the standpoint of what I want it to be and then obviously I have my own personal branding. So um, little nuggets you know, for anybody listening is the way that I, I like to look at branding is I like to look at the three things that you want somebody to automatically like see you or your content and have them know that you do. Um, so like for me, um, the three things that I want people to instantly connect with when they stumble upon one of my videos is sales, right? I'm in sales. I'm a sales guy. I love sales. I'm sales tips. Like. If you see my stuff, I want you to know that I care about sales. Um, the second thing would be uh, like young, youthful, millennial, whatever, um, new, fresh, like whatever. And the third thing would just be something entertaining. I like to think that, you know, every now and then I can say like something funny, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Bring the energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your energy. So um, when you see those three things or when you see me, I want you to think of those three things. And based on the fact that you guys look at that, and whether that's true or not means that I'm doing a good or a bad job. And so from a content standpoint, a lot of people are looking at like, dude, what type of content should I be putting out? And I just figure out, dude, if it fits two of my three things, I can push it out to my audience. I know they're gonna engage with it because that's something consistent. So if it's something funny and about sales, all day long I can push that out. I know my audience is gonna love it. They're gonna share it because that's the audience. Um, And then you know, if it's something that's young and funny, yeah, I can push that out every now and then because it's not my number one. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at content. Um, I think it's kind of fun and uh, it's been working for me. So that's awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah so what about like uh, a little
0: bit of a switch of gears here What about like entrepreneurship? Yeah you know, you're a sales guy yeah for a long time like did you ever know you were gonna start your own business someday or just something that also kind of just fell into the place
1: Yeah I've always wanted to um, I've always been fascinated with building something my own like again back to the music thing I've always like I never liked doing covers like I'm not the guy sitting at Starbucks you know playing you know a cover or song that you know like for your girl right <laughs> like hey. I, I've always uh, I always like writing my own music I got pretty good at it. Um, and it was something I was passionate about. Same thing with business is I'm not trying to knock off somebody else's business. Like there's 350 other CRMs out there and I've used a lot of them and I'm literally trying my absolute best to create something that is as opposite as possible and as unique as possible as what else is out there because I think in order to be an entrepreneur, um, or a successful one at least my vision about it is that you have to do something new and you have to do something in in new ways it can't just be hey i i have a a similar product that's just cheaper because there's always somebody that's going to undercut you there's always somebody that can do it for less right um so why not make something completely original and solve problems that are there like right now i know that there's massive problems in the crm space like there's massive companies like Salesforce, the, the biggest one out there. I think they did like 12, 15 billion last year, like mind blowing amounts of money. And they're the same company reporting that 91% of the data that gets entered into their or any CRM is inaccurate. Like, right. mind blowing, yeah. right? And so I'm looking at all these different statistics from market research and uh, large, medium, and small companies. I'm like, dude, I can fix this. Like, I know what the problem is because I've been a salesperson and I've used the software. So um, how do I create something that solves a problem? So entrepreneurship, I never knew I would be in software tech. Like, I don't know tech. I don't know code. Like, if you get too technical with me, like, my eyes roll back in my head and, like, I just nap because I don't understand it. But um, I understand the problems that people like me are having from a sales standpoint. So um, that really excites me. That's awesome. So you had you obviously partnered with some people to help you build out the system originally.
0: Yeah, and then and then you just kind of do all the front end, build a team, and actually just try and sell it. Because you're in the process now where it's up and running. Yeah, so I'm sure you're. Yeah, you're we're cons- good. Consistently revamping it, or is it one of those things that's evolving, or it's kind of just
1: set in stone. Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, let's just say like uh, I'm building you a hand for sure, right? Because this is a good analogy. Everybody has a hand. Well, most of us, I would say. Uh, I'm building you a hand. I give you a hand, like it's it's a hand and it's completely limper, you know, like non-life. And like technology is this. It's like, oh sweet, I have a hand, but I want to move my fingers. And it's like, okay, in a week, we'll build out the functionality for you to move your index finger. Not all of them, but you'll sooner or later just be able to go like this. And then you know people are like, wow, that's awesome. Like, but I want more fingers. And it's like. All right, next week you're gonna get two fingers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, sooner or later, like you have this fully functional, like autonomous, like hand that you can use. And so, um, the 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 exciting part of building the technology and the software is the fact that we can custom create a hand with six fi- fingers on it, or like two thumbs, or like whatever it is that you actually want to use. We can make it better. But the problem is, is that it's like, man, patience. Like I gotta build it. It's not like, hey, we have a new line of coffee mugs, like. Buy as many as you want. We can mass produce them. They're ready to go. It's like, we have to code. We have to do stuff. And then I don't understand that process. So, like, I get upset when it's like, dude, it's been two weeks. Where's my mobile app? And they're like, it's a mobile app, dude. Like, it it doesn't just like... Like if you want to be good, it's going (laughs) to take time. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's the frustrating part, but it's also kind of the entertaining part is... You know, um it is always evolving, um and we're always revamping it and like every day there's just new stuff that gets released. Like today I got an email from uh my uh tech team, they're like, Hey, we can track emails now and it's like, Hell yeah, like we have a new finger, you yeah, know? It. So yeah. it's fun. That's huge, man. And
0: just like I said, providing value, for out if there's Problem in the system. You know, you worked in the system for so long. Yeah. You know, there was issues, and you're like, I can, I can solve these okay Yeah, issues.
1: and now there's, yeah, you get a bug that comes along with something, and it's like, okay, screenshot it or whatever, and yeah. then it gets, you know, updated, you know? Sure. So it's just, it's a, a living and breathing thing. It's and really crazy. Continuous improvement. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy.
0: crazy. Big time. So let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of, like, because uh, I like this episode. I like having you in here with sales. Let's talk about the sales, like, mentality, you know? Like, what is your, like... You were going to, like, teach, let's so say you're going to take, teach Nick I to be salesmen. you know, what are, your, what are your first things you're going to teach us, you know, what's, like, the mindset that a salesman has to have, and what kind of strategies that they need to deploy?
1: Yeah, so, um, mindset obviously comes to everything, and mindset is really a decision, right, like, I can decide right now to just be pissed off, and be an asshole, and, Fuck you guys. I can make that decision, right? Or I can make a decision to be like, you know, amicable, friendly, energetic, helpful, value-driven. So, from a standpoint of a salesperson, you have to develop the mindset that everything that you do with your attitude and the way that you uh, carry yourself is a decision. Because if you don't make like, you know, I have issues with my people, and every company does where. People don't know how to check their emotions at the door before walking in, and they carry with them a fight with a girlfriend, and all of a sudden, it kind of just spawns off on other people, and then people get pissed off, and then before you know it, your whole office is in shambles, because one person you know, brought in their shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, um, I mean, number one is 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 being able to control your mindset and control the things that happen, because you're going to get rejected, like... You, If you get into sales, you are signing up for rejection 80% of the time. Like, 80% of the time, you're going to have a bad day. 80% of your days are going to be bad days. Um, What you're looking for is that 20% of the time that, like, things go right, people say yes, you know, like... And so, from... uh, Understand the expectations of what it is that you actually signed up for, you know? And so, that's number one. Um, And then, the second thing um, is... I tell people, work harder on yourself than you do at your job. Sales is not so much a, a, a job or a career as it is an, act, an actual lifestyle. So, like, I fully embrace training, reading, self development, self improvement, because all of the time spent working on myself automatically influences my ability to do well when I'm actually talking to people. So, um, I think those are things to have a lot of attention on. Um, and then from there is just understanding how to provide people with value. If you can do that, then nobody will ever say no to you because what you have is valuable. Right.
0: That makes a lot of sense. How do you feel about people telling you no? Like, you know, I I follow some card stuff too, obviously, yeah. so I know some of that stuff. But
1: um, how do you feel about people saying no to you? You know, you follow up until, like, at what point do you stop following up? Um, I would, I mean, you got to kind of know some of your statistics. Um, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to continue following up with somebody that's absolutely never going to do business with you. Um, but at the same point, your mentality is like, sooner or later, I'm going to get this guy. For sure. So when it comes to following up, uh, when it comes to staying in people's space, like, look, I'm probably never going to purchase a Coca-Cola. I don't drink soda. Like, I will probably never purchase a... Maybe once a year, I'll go grab a can of, like, uh, Coke Zero or something. I like Coke Zero. But I try to stay away from it. So Coca-Cola, I mean, when are they going to stop following up with me? Never, right? Because they always have a billboard. They always have a TV commercial. They always have, I go to a gas station and I look at like, boom, Coke products, Pepsi products. And so when it comes to sales, if I could, if I could give anybody like a huge like chunk of wisdom, it would be never really stop following up through the lens of never stop providing somebody with value. So, like, Coca-Cola, they don't run the same ad, like, in perpetuity for, like, infinity. Like, they're changing up their approach, their ad sets. During the winter or Christmas, they got their little polar bear guy. Like, they they do all this stuff so that they can stay in your space. So that one day, when Jordan Stupar wants to buy a soda, Coca-Cola says, please, dude, do not fill your body up with Pepsi sugar. Let it be us, man, that, like just gives you it's 50 like, grams of sugar. It's irrelevant, too. Exactly. Always on their mind. Exactly. Always. So you got, like, Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, T-Mobile. You have the, you know, the four hitters right now inside the wireless space. All they do is advertise. I don't even want to know what their budgets are for advertising. Like, every single bus stop, every single billboard, every single this and that is, we have better, you know, network, or we're half the price. Or, and it's just, dude, when you're ready to switch... When you do, when Verizon does drop that one phone call and you're like, that was it, I'm going to AT&T because AT&T is in my space. And so salespeople, we're just basically marketers at the end of the day. We're just marketing to people. We're calling people. Um, you know, I get a lot of people that are like, hey, man, should, should I leave a voicemail or not? And I'm like, always leave a voicemail. Like, it's a total waste of time. More than likely, it'll never get listened to more than likely you're never gonna get a call back. it, It really is honestly pointless. So I see the perspective of I'll never leave a voicemail. But when I'm here in the office on a Saturday and I call Jim, head honcho, and Jim comes in the office on a Monday and is like, eh, I'll listen to my voicemails. And he finally, he hears me for the 17th Saturday in a row just working on the office. Dude, one of these days I'm gonna get a call back because sooner or later he's gonna be upset with his product Sooner or later, my little voicemail billboard actually worked and just let him know, I'm still here for you, dude. When you're ready to switch, when you're ready to do something, when you're ready to improve, you call me. Don't call anybody else. And so that's the whole point of being a salesperson is, is following up. Like, yeah, I've been hung up on a million times. I've been rejected a million times. I'll get rejected a million more. That's totally fine. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know, man. I'm still in your space. When, yeah. when you're ready to do I'm something, just call me. You yeah. don't have to take my calls. Yeah, I'm going to call you for the next five years because in four and a half, you're going to call me and be like, yeah. dude, all right. Yeah. And, and me, I, I personally signed big contracts for 50 grand with people that literally emailed me the contract back their 50 grand and sent it over to me with an email saying, never call me again. I don't actually want your product. I just respect the shit out of you. Take my money and leave me alone. I've had that happen, and it's like it's like, damn! All right, this this works. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's
2: awesome, dude. Yeah, that's huge. I I guess like even right now, we're in the startup phase. We're trying to grow our business. Yep, Um, calling around a bunch of local businesses. Yep. Uh, Do you have any like strategies around like getting past gatekeepers? Yeah.
1: So I mean, there's not a silver bullet when it comes to gatekeepers. I mean, I tell my guys this all the time. They're calling on. Executives all day, and it's like, hi, this is Nancy. Hey, can I get through to gym? Uh, no. Can I get his email? No. Can I get his cell phone? No. Can I get a meeting? No. And it's just like, all right, Nancy, like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, the, I mean, the, I tell my guys, like, hey, pick up the phone and ask Nancy about her day. Just call Nancy. Don't even look for John. Hey, Nancy, Jordan over here, sales domination system. How's your day? She's like, uh, my day's good. How, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just doing fabulous. In fact, I work on behalf of, you know, the national secretary or national gatekeeper committee, and I just wanted to find out, are you getting paid enough for taking all these sales calls? Instantly warms Nancy up. Like, hi, ah, you know, probably not, you know? And then you're like, hey, what's it like working for Jim, head honcho? Oh, well, he's, you know, he's pretty nice. And, you know, hey, you know, and you just, you just warm people up, become their friend. Because if I can guarantee you anything, 99%... 0.9% of the other people that are calling into Nancy are assholes, they're short, they get frustrated, and Nancy is the gatekeeper. If she's the person in front of the door at the castle that is responsible for either letting you in or not letting you in, I know for sure my chances of getting in are a lot better if I get in with Nancy. So if I had any tips, is, is take your time and, and and slow down your process to speed it up. Because if you call Nancy a hundred million times and you're an asshole a hundred million times, Nancy's not going to let you through. Plain and simple. A hundred million times. Right. But if you call 50 times without any intention of getting past her and you're just like warming her up, dude, send her a batch of cupcakes, send her, you know, a, a, a a trophy like for 10 bucks that says, you know, best gatekeeper of 2019 award. Like... (laughs) Tell me that's not going to at least improve your chances of getting through. For sure. You know, and then you show up. Like if you're calling around locally here in Milwaukee, just show up. Bring her a Starbucks gift card for five bucks and hey, I don't even need to talk to Jim. I literally was passing through and I was thinking about you because I called you a couple times. Wanted you to have this and your next cup of coffee's on me. Talk to you later. Tell me that does not improve your chances of getting to the person that you need to speak to. so like again there's no golden bullet like hey say this one line and it's gonna work you know like I'm not a a Jedi you know like uh, I'm not Yoda or something I don't have mind control but the closest thing to mind control is is becoming friends with somebody because if you guys are friends with me I'm gonna do something for you you know so that's kind of my advice on that
0: I love that and like sales like the sales cycle. I mean, obviously, we're a lot newer to the game, but like, there's no predictability in the cycle, and that's what you were saying too. You know, I'm going to call you 17 times, and when you're ready to make change, you'll call me. Yeah. So it's like we you know you've had this, we've had this. We call people, you make the sale. You call people 10 times, you make the sale. You call people a year from now, and they're gonna yeah. make the sale. So it's all about keeping that relevance. Right?
1: Yeah. And and if you guys want to like tighten up your sales cycle, make things happen a little bit faster, um, understand and realize that the product and your service takes a big backseat. To you, like I did a deal um, with a Fortune 50 company, massive company, and uh, it took me a, a year and a half to work with them. It's uh, one of the one of the big four communications companies, um, and so there's um, a, just an absolute ton of people to talk to. Like you got your reps at the store that you go that switch out your phone. you got the store manager. Then from there, you have like a little district manager. Then you have a regional manager. And then you have the, the heads of those different types of channels. And, you know, then you have, uh, you know, other influencers. And then finally, you got 18 decision makers for each different region of the country. And so I was in Florida. And I, I was like, man, I, I'm going to work with, um, I'm going to work with this company. Um, I didn't know anybody. Nobody knew me. I'm just like, I'm going to work with this company. I'm going to get a fat contract from them. And if I do, then I know that my sales approach and my method actually works. And then I'll go share how it worked with other people and hopefully improve other people's lives. And so uh, I just started doing sales meetings at the store. Three people are in the store. It's nine o'clock. They're like, okay, dude, what do you got? I spend 20 minutes with them. They're like, oh man, it's pretty dope. So they go on to the Twitter because This particular company, um, like, literally everybody is, like, probably almost required to be on Twitter so that they can talk about their wins and, like, you know. Um, And so, uh, and it's a really good way for, like, really high up people to communicate with people really at the bottom. Um, And so they would start tagging, you know, the regional president. And, like, after 40 store meetings, like, I get a DM. It's like, okay, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, nobody's paying you. Like, things are working. Like conversion rates are improving, like let's chat. So I go chat and then I go to, um, you know, I'm on flights going around the country talking to all these other decision makers. And uh, I got, I went into the office um, in October uh, 2017. I go into the office of the president of this company. Guy's like a baller, right? Corporate, educated, like sophisticated. I come in like 28 years old like yo i'm gonna sell this big ass contract and um we sit down and he's like look man your price is too high and i'm never gonna pay for it i'm like well i've heard this one a million times <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not the first person but this is an $800,000 deal like i'm like okay and um he's like let me give you an economics lesson um i was selling a digital product um and so Um, He he shows me like this normal linear curve, like, you know, time versus money. And he shows me this linear curve and he's like, if you're selling microphones, right? If I buy 500 microphones, I have to pay for 500 microphones. You have a digital product, okay? It's more like stairs. If I add a thousand users, it doesn't really cost you anything different. Like there's no hard material. So, you know, you have these stairs of, yeah, of course, when you get... X amount of users, yes, the price has to go up for service and so on and so forth. So that's why I'm not going to pay you for what you're asking to charge. And I'm like, let me explain something to you, sir. The reason why I'm worth up here is because you're not paying for a digital product. You're paying for me. I've been doing the sales meetings for you. I've been doing all these things for you at absolutely no cost. I've been extremely valuable. Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah, 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 I would great. That's why we're going to charge you what we're charging you because you're not buying a product. You're buying me and I happen to be worth 800,000 bucks. Let's do this. He sat down in his chair, took a deep breath, put out his hand and we had a deal. And it was at that moment that it really solidified it for me that products like don't really matter. It's the relationship that actually matters. And so, um, yeah, I mean like you're selling yourselves. And so my advice to you guys is yeah, sell your products and sell your services, right? But at the end of the day, people are going to work with you because they want to work with you. Sure, love that all day long. Yeah,
0: that's bomb, dude. And we definitely notice that in our business too. Is the relationship first and foremost, and the sale always comes afterwards. Hundred percent. That's huge. Yeah, I
2: mean, and from that story, it's like you're coming and providing value up front. You know, absolutely. Like that—that's my approach with everybody.
1: You know, like one of the more difficult things um, selling a CRM system is. Um, like, I know your team's not using it, but how, do I, how can I go into your business for free and really, like, take an assessment or, like, some type of analyzation of how much it's actually being used and then give you a fair report? You know, because I can walk in your business and say, hey, dude, 95% of your people are using your CRM. I got nothing for you. I mean, I can give you some new features or whatever, but, like, you're good, dude. Bye. Yeah. Versus, hey, dude, 40% of your people aren't using your product that you're paying for. Maybe we should chat about making it easier. And so, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of creatively how I can do that at scale. And so, um, but as long as, again, you're providing people up front.
2: You're good. You're good. Like, as far as, like, sales, uh, like, resources, have there been any, like, good, like, books or trainings that you've yeah. people would get to? So my favorite book, um, favorite
1: sales book out there is by Oren Klaff, uh, O-R-E-N-K-L-A-F-F. Um, called Pitch Anything. I've been through it probably nine times. Um, awesome on audio, by the way, too. Um, and basically, what it is is it's a it's a book from the standpoint of like um, psych- psychological sales. So like he breaks down the brain. He breaks down why like you guys go shopping for clothes just like anybody does. You go into Express. You go into Gucci. It doesn't matter where you go in. Somebody's gonna walk up and say, Hey, can I help you? What's the first thing that you say every time?
2: Just looking. just looking, dude. Like me,
1: I'm short, dude. I'm five foot nine. I know that I have to get the short pants or else I got to get them hemmed. So if you have short pants, I want to ask about it. But every single time, no matter what, people are like, hey, man, can I help you find something? I'm like, nah, man, just looking when I know I need the help. And because it's, uh, as Orrin Klaff talks about in his book, he talks about, he calls it the crocodile brain, your, your first, like, primitive brain that, like, basically filters out what's a threat, what's not. And somebody walking up to you in a store, it's like, it's not really a threat, but it's like, ugh. Some kind of sleep. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. so when I call you on a cold call and I knock on your door or whatever, and it's like, hey, I'm a sales guy, I got some value for you. People are like, no, man, get away. Like, right. even if it could help, like, hey, man, I got a million bucks for you. Wait, what? Like, now you're interested, aren't you? Because, like, and so he breaks down, you know, the... Um, this, you know, cerebral cortex and blah, 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 and and how those decisions and how your pitch actually gets through to somebody. Um, And so I found that super valuable. I go through it like once a year now just to kind of refresh. And you know, he, one of the other things that I really like about him, even though it doesn't directly apply to everybody, because what he does is he pitches uh, investments. (laughs) Like, hey, we need 40 million bucks to redo this airport. You know, like he's that guy. and he really does a good job of prizing himself. And it really helps switch um, my perspective of me as a salesperson to, dude, I'm the prize. Like, thank you. But, uh, you should thank me for pitching you. Yeah, you're lucky, you, dude. You're lucky that I got you on my calendar.
2: Right, for sure. Yeah. Because so many salespeople are like, oh my God, Jim, thanks so much for,
1: for finding like 20 minutes out of your day to hang out with me. You know, like, oh my gosh, like, so amazing. Really appreciate it. When really it's like, hey, really glad that I could work this into my schedule. Let's yeah. begin. Yeah. You know, and it's like, whoa, okay, I'm talking with a pro. You Pre- know, that's so, good. That's good. Um, yeah. so that, that would be one of my favorite resources. Um, and then from there, like any of the training that's actually out there, um, you know, the training that's best is the training that works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, my style is a lot different than, you know, some other people's style. And so I wouldn't suggest that my style is the best for everybody. Like it's foolish to say that. Um, and so, you know... You find the people that you vibe most with your personality, your approach, and learn from them. Yeah, I love
0: that too. And I actually remember what I was gonna say. So you talk about like, uh, companies that are using like CRM, 95% of people are using CRM versus like 40%. Yep. So like, how do you, when you're prospecting new people, do you spend a shit ton of time making sure they're the, they're the right prospects, or you just, hit up, you just hit up numbers?
1: Yeah, so we, um, I mean, we know that, m- uh, we know that 90% of businesses that have 10 or more employees use a CRM. So we're, we're basically trying to call companies that are doing at least like 5 million bucks a year um, because that's that's something that we can actually find. So we grab lists, um, we have our own lead generation tool inside um, and so uh, we, we try to hit those people up. The hardest part about my job isn't selling a CRM. The hardest part of my job is calling somebody from a CRM company. Nobody likes their CRM. So not not only do people not want to talk to us because they just don't want to talk to us, like as I was just explaining, like, hey, we're not interested, we're good or whatever. It's like, hey, we're calling about your CRM. Even worse, dude. You know, like, it'd be like a doctor cold calling me on top of the fact that it's a cold call. He's like, hey, by the way, we want to do a colonoscopy on you. And it's yeah. like, no dude like yeah. literally worst thing that I don't worst all <laughs> oh, got all week. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, there's a negative connotation with CRMs. Nobody likes their CRM. So it's like we have double the resistance to go through just to get somebody to open up and be like, "Yeah, man, I'll take a look at what you have." So that's really the hardest part. It's like and it's and it's good news too because we know that people don't like their CRM, but it's also bad news because we have to get past that negative connotation that people have about, you know, having their CRM.
2: Definitely break down that yeah that, dude
1: uh, that's the tricky part and I think that's
0: why I go back to what you said earlier you, know, you gotta create something that's complete 180 from everyone else is that you're just not another CRM right like to provide a different approach and right. better than the you know better more better right
1: like every CRM company out there has CRM attached to their name because they want you to know what it is I called sales domination system sales domination system because I didn't want it to be called a CRM at all in fact I started marketing it at the very beginning as just don't call it a CRM because I wanted to kind of put the CRM, like, thing, like, but then people are like, well, you know, we already have a CRM, like, I don't know what you have, you know, it's not even a CRM, because you say it's not even a CRM, yeah. and I'm like, it is, but, like, yeah. it's not, like, it's, you're missing it. You're, you're not getting it, and they're yeah. like, well, explain it to me, and I'm like, it's CRM, but it's, it's, like, 100% different than what you're using, like, I need to show it to you, and they're like, we're good with what we have, and I'm like... You don't get it, man. Like, you, you, you're you just not getting it. So so, so you don't market it all as a CRM anymore? Or you we, do, we do now. Oh, you do. Because yeah. if not, then people have no idea what it is. That makes sense. Okay. You know? And yeah. sooner or later, like, you know, like, I don't know what you guys call it, but like me and most people, you look at tissues, it's like, Kleenex. hey, pass me a tissue? No, pass me a Kleenex. Yeah. And even if you bing something, hey, I binged it? No, you Googled it. You know, yeah. like... There's these brands out there that have such an impact, and so I want to get to the point where it's like, no, we we have a sales domination system, and it's like, oh, you have a CRM, and it's like, no, we don't have a CRM, we have a sales domination system. That's where I'd like to get to, but like, you know, massive adoption takes a long time. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's like Campbell's Soup, dude. When you think of soup, you know,
2: Campbell's, same stuff, you know? Yep. It's like dominating market. That's exactly what it is, yeah. For sure. No, that's awesome. I, man, I, honestly, I like, love the energy that you bring. I mean, obviously, you've been in sales for a really long time now, and you've obviously gotten a ton of rejections. like A lot. I was like, how do you keep bringing energy after just like hearing no, like, all the time? Yeah,
1: I, I heard a quote a couple years ago that I thought was really interesting, and the quote was, um, happiness is being able to move from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. And so, dude, life is just a numbers game. It's a law of averages. Like, I tell my – like, I would show it if, like, this wasn't a podcast. But if you can imagine, a, like, a pie graph, you got your full circle. And you got got uh, 20%, another 20%, and you got a big slice of 60%. 20% of the people that you guys talk to are going to be laydowns. It doesn't matter how good looking you are, how good your product is, how cheap it is, expensive. It don't matter. Somebody's going to be in the market and they're just going to be like, yup, I want it. 20% of the people that you're going to talk to in your career are just going to say yes. 20% of the people that you talk to, it doesn't matter how good looking you are, how good your product is, they're going to tell you no, pound sand, you know, no. And so the other 60% are just maybes. And so the extent of how much money you want to take out of the market, the extent of how much income you want to make, all boils down to how good you can get of converting those maybes to yeses. So I understand kind of like my law of averages. You tell me no, you know, go die, kill yourself. I take no offense, dude. I expect 20% of the people I talk to to treat me like shit. I get it. Like, I got it. So I remain enthusiastic about the fact that, um, you know, I'm going to call somebody sooner or later. I'm going to get somebody on the phone that's going to do a deal with me sooner or later. And then I also get excited about the challenge of turning those maybes into yeses. I love I love those more than laydowns. Like if somebody calls my phone, they're like, hey man, got a $500,000 deal for you. Here's my credit card. It's like, hell yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Like let's go get some champagne. We got a big deal. But that's not as fun as working your ass off for four hundred grand because it's like once you get that W, you know, like – a lot sweeter. Right. Like the, you know, the Bucks game last night we blow out whole game. Like we're like in control, like no sweat, right? Like that's cool. And it's like, yeah, I watched a cool game. Like we kicked ass. Like it's awesome. But dude, it's the games where we hit the three at the buzzer and then win. That's like right. your, your whole week is made because you just saw something so cool. And so that's what I enjoy about sales. And that's why I stay enthusiastic. And also – I know that I can't expect to be good at sales if I'm not enthusiastic, if I don't have energy, if I'm not, you know, like full of life, like why would you want to do business with me anyway? So even if I'm tired, even if I had too many beers the other night and I'm on a sales call or whatever, like, and I'm not feeling all hundred percent, right? I'm still going to bring it because again, as I mentioned, like square number one mindset, make the decision to expend your energy. Like, You're a human being. Yeah, you're going to feel like garbage sometimes. You're going to be sick. You're going to have a sore throat. You're going to be hungover. You're going to be in a bad mood because your girlfriend, you got into a fight. Like, life is going to happen to you either way. It's how you respond to the circumstances and being able to compartmentalize those things and just leave them in the background for a little while until you can deal with them. And so, for me, man, like, you know, uh, I'm pretty empathetic towards people. Like, I can feel, like, your pain, like, your struggle. But at the end of the day, dude, like okay, are you going to sit here and wallow about it or are you going to do shit about it? What else are you going to do? It? Right. Yeah. Like, get it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love that shit, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a lot of what we preach, too, is, you know, no matter what you do, you got to show up every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, garden has to be watered every day, my friend.
1: Dude, that's that's 90% of life. Yeah. It's just be there. Yeah, and
0: that's, <laughs> I think there's like a... For me, too, it's like there's like a... I don't know. There's like a disproportionate like need for people, like not only like in this country but around the world, to like feel like they like are entitled to be super lazy for a long period of their day too. Like they have to go home at four or five and like do nothing. Like they can't wait to go home. That shit like for me like blows my mind. It's like it's like a race to be lazy. You know what I mean? It's like Dude, a, I, I, like, I like I know that's gonna like maybe piss people off listening to this, but I don't even care because for me it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know? it's like life's always going to be about problems
1: no matter what yep. so as many as you can solve in a day the more you're going to get out of it yeah. No what. yeah like dude it blows my mind people that like okay you work from 9 until 6 6.01 you're out the door and by oh, 6.07 you're on your couch watching TV blows my mind what the fuck are you doing with your life yeah. like if, if, if that's what you're looking forward to do when the bell rings dude just die Yeah.
0: Sure. cause you
1: are dead You're not contributing anything to society. You're not creating anything. You're just – you're consuming a paycheck. You're consuming some clothes, a car, whatever it is that you want to do to show off your life status. And then you're consuming television. You're consuming movies. You are literally not contributing one damn thing to society. Like, if I could die, or your dude... Or damn
0: self, dude. Or yourself, right. It's like you're spending your whole fucking time watching everybody else live their life, right. you know? And, like, they are getting paid because yeah. they're on the movie, they're on the TV show, they're on the, they're on the sports fucking team. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you're like, you're just consuming that.
1: Yeah. It blows yeah. my mind. Blow, like, it it literally crazy. blows my mind. Like, how many people... Like, okay, I, like... um I usually come into sports stuff, like, at the end of the season if we're good. Like, Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, I'm gonna watch every game from here on out. For sure. Because we're finally good. Yeah. When the Brewers, like... I don't go to the—I'm not going to watch a single game until October when it's the playoffs. And if we're in it, then I'll pay attention. Like, the Masters. I'm not going to watch day number one, day number two. I'm going to watch Tiger make his final putt, clap, 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 and I'm on my way. Because, dude, it blows my mind how many people will literally, like, dedicate hours of their time to go to, like, a draft party for the NFL. Then they draft their own players on the fantasy. And then they update their league and their trading and, like— Dude, if you cared that much about any other part of your life, like mowing your grass or like taking care of your house or doing laundry or like anything, your life would be monumentally better because all we're doing is we, we have this culture now where it's like acceptable by America to just sit and watch other people be great. Hey, let's thing. sit around and watch the Kardashians. Hey, let's sit around and watch um, the, the Green Bay Packers draft people. Like I could give two shits who we draft. Just get to the playoffs and then I want to watch some good football because it's fun. But like people spend so much time watching greatness and they never actually try to do it for themselves. And so like, dude, if I can die in, you know, 50 years or whatever the thing is when I die and I can leave behind um, a real documentary in real time of growing and starting a business from zero to whatever sales domination system is and literally just leave that behind. Like, hey, here's a dude that took... Whether it ends up being a ten million dollar company or hundred or several billion dollars, like, dude, I grew something. Here's how I did it. Here was the struggles. The blah blah blah. And I literally have something now where you can hope. My intention is not that people watch it. I want people to take it and be like, dude, me too. Yeah. Dude, me too. I can I can quit my job making five hundred grand a year and go for it, or quit my job for fifty grand a year and go for it. Like, I want if I can do anything with my content, is inspire one person to say, me too. And so, you know, I just think it's pretty unacceptable that other people don't do that. Like, why are you watching people go for it?
0: What do you think attracts people to be doing that kind of stuff?
1: You know, I think people get attracted to things that align with their own values, you know. Um,
0: Because, like, a lot of times, like, a distraction... yeah yeah. like i
1: dude me i i'm not impervious to distractions like i get distracted on instagram you know as much as anybody else you know like you know i just put in my three hours of work and like i'm kind of brain dead right now i'm just like mindlessly doing this thing with my thumb you know scrolling up and just going down a feed um but at some point in time like you like when are you going to contribute when you your content doesn't have to be good just start doing it like my first videos (laughs) <laughs> they sucked I mean I watch them now. I can't even watch them Like I'm like Damn Video quality sucked My speech sucked The work Like my message Like everything about it sucked Do what you suck at Like I'm not a video guy I would do all my videos now And I would say They're pretty damn good Like they're pretty alright Like they're not amazing Like I'm not doing travel vlogs Where it's like You open a door in a subway And all of a sudden You're on a beach Like I don't know how to edit that I never will It's not my intention But like I'm getting better at, like, just how fast I can pump it out now. Now, it doesn't take me an hour to make a one-minute video for Instagram. It takes me 15 minutes, you know, and it's it's that. And it's just, it's like, just improve. Like, just get better and just start. Yeah. Like, what's your fucking excuse? Yeah. Oh, people are going to judge you for doing it poorly? Like, if you put me on, you know, a football field, like, dude, I'm going to get cremated. Like, I'm going to get absolutely, I'm, I'm not going to know any of the plays. If you tell me to go post, it's like, what post? Like, I'm going to suck. But if I show up to practice every single day, get my ass kicked a couple of times, I'm going to figure out what a button hook is. You know, and time it right and start catching some passes or whatever. And so, you know, I just got to urge anybody out there listening, like, look, just take action. Like, do something with your damn life. Regardless of what other people are going to think about it, because you're always going to have haters. If you don't,
0: you're not moving
1: fast enough anyway. Dude, I'm going to hate on you for not doing anything. For sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> or people are going to hate on you for doing something. And like, the more hate you acquire, the more like get sued. Yeah. Get sued. You're not like I got sued by Grant Cardone. Got sued by him. And like my lawyer called me. He's like, dude, this sucks. Like big time. This is this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt a lot. It's going to change your life a lot. But congratulations dude you're not anybody until somebody sues you. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like all right then. You know yeah. like like what else are you going to do? Dude, go do something big. Like right. go get hated on. Go get like half your friends just like hate you. Man, there he goes again going out to you know instead of coming out with us for fantasy draft, like he's working on a business like yeah. That's real. Yeah, no, that <laughs> you is know is like real, get dude. some hate, dude. Sacrifices my
0: friend, dude. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You get where you want to fucking go? You it's to sacrifice? hell. Yeah, it's the truth. That's, hell
2: yeah. yeah, it's the I truth. I saw another one of your posts was along the lines of, "You know, you don't need more friends. You just need more clients." <laughs> and I absolutely love that mindset. That's so true. It's like, where are you spending your time? With? Who are you spending your time with? Like,
1: dude, it, it, it's 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 blunt. You don't need more friends. Yeah. You just don't. Oh, yeah. Like, if you got like two, three friends, like. You can connect with for a Bucks game, have a couple beers, talk about... Like, I took my employees out. Or I take my clients out. I don't really, like... I wouldn't say, like, I have, like, friends. Like, yeah, my employees are my friends. We hang out. We do stuff. But, like, I'm not actively looking for, like, oh, I need friends to do fantasy football with. Or, like, I want clients, dude. There's not one city in America that I don't know somebody that has a nice house and an extra car. Like... These are clients that pay me like the most the best friendships that I actually have are with people that pay me Mm -hmm. every single month or every single year for something like they allow me to pay my bills and travel and do things. But like if I'm like, hey, man, I need to uh, crash on a couch out in L.A. Like so many couches I can crash on and more than likely it's going to be a real bedroom like with privacy. And by the way, we have a we have a Jaguar you can drive around town like. Because these are clients, and I actively pursued them. We exchange value with one another, and more than likely, clients are going to align with your values. They value work. They value hustle. They value value. And so what you're doing is you're making real-life connections with friends who pay you. What's Your friends will never purchase your product. I can call all my high school friends. Not one person is going to buy sales domination system. Not one of them. But if I cold call somebody and we started this relationship and I'm following up and we're making jokes about whatever, sooner or later, I'm going to get paid on that deal. And by the way, I don't want to get paid just once. So I'm going to continue being your friend and continue providing you with value. Now we're buddies and you're never going to cancel out on me.
0: Because now we're actual friends too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I fucking love that mentality actually.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, you need business partners, you need employees, and you need clients. You yeah. don't need more friends.
0: Yeah straight through and through just go looking for like friendship yeah. you know friendship's great but friendship will come with the yeah. client yeah. yeah. what's well, all friendship anyway it's just mutual interest anyway yeah. the client's it's all its it's all it is, gonna interest, that's that's all it is. yeah so you're gonna
2: be best friends as you both fucking each other win right? exactly that's and
1: that's the, that's the name of the game dude
2: oh uh, yeah love it for sure I guess how else to like wrap it up you know yeah. what, what has been like hands down the best sales advice that you've ever received
1: best sales advice I've ever received That's a good question. I've received a lot of advice. (laughs) Um, I would say the best sales advice that I've ever gotten was to figure out a way to compound time. Um, And I was just talking about this with my sales team yesterday. I was like, okay, how many of you guys have made 100 grand before? And none of them were like, okay, we've never done that. I'm like, okay. You will for sure make a hundred grand sooner or later. Sooner or later, you're gonna make a hundred thousand dollars. Do you wanna make a hundred thousand dollars in the course of the next five years? Cause I can I can put you on a game plan for that, and I can like literally give you what you should expect out of your life to make twenty grand for five years and make your hundred grand. Or if you wanna make a hundred grand in a year, I can put you on a game plan for that. All you're doing is compressing time. The guy making twenty grand a year, okay, dude. Dude, make 15 phone calls a day. And then literally screw off for the rest of the day. Go watch TV, Netflix, whatever, do your thing. And like, okay. Or make 200 phone calls every single day and you'll make your 100 grand. And in addition to the actual work, you can also uh, you know, get better at skills. So when you do get somebody on the phone, you have a higher chance of converting that opportunity. So at the end of the day, um, I think the greatest sales advice I've ever received and I think the greatest sales advice I can give is, again, work harder on yourself than you do at your job. Make sales the easiest part of your day because if you're waking up in the morning and you're studying or you're training or you're watching videos or reading books or, you know, working out or, like, doing something that's harder than sitting at, at a phone, like, is just pick up the phone. Like, you know, and the uh, the other advice that I could possibly give would be, um, along the lines of sales is the easiest job in the entire world. Like, people don't want to make a phone call. It's like, dude, you you, you ever call your mom? Right. Yeah, man, I call my mom. Is it work? No. No. Nah. You ever call your girlfriend? Is that work? No. Okay, well then call Tim. It's
2: true.
1: Yeah. They're like, no, man, I don't know, man. Tim's the CEO of a company. It's like, Does Tim wear pants? Probably. Does Tim, like, shit? Tim breathe. Yeah, Yeah. does Tim breathe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Call Tim. It's like calling your mom. Your mom wears pants. (laughs) Your mom breathes. Like, call this person. And so, like, just picking up the phone cannot and will not hurt your chances of getting what you want. Knocking on a door cannot and will not hurt your chances of getting what you want. You know, like, you just have to do it. It's not even work. You're just picking up the phone. You're just talking to Nancy, the gatekeeper. One day she introduces you to Tim, and you're like, "What's up, Tim? Yeah, yo, man, I've been working really hard on Nancy to get yeah, this she, chance. You know, like, yeah, can she, I swing? She's your fucking best friend, <laughs> yeah, best right. Yeah. She got National Gatekeeper Award of yeah, the year. You know, yeah. a couple of Starbucks coffee. Yeah, coffee. yeah This yeah. this has been getting expensive, Tim. I'm glad <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. And that's the advice is like, just have fun with it, dude. Like, we're all a bunch of human beings just trying to do, you know, our best deal and just do your best deal and just work hard and sooner or later, you know, you'll get what you want. And just know that and just understand that. Like whatever you like if you're ambitious and you want to make a million dollars in a year, you can do it. You but you're going to have to climb over this wall that is a million dollars worth of problems and adversity and challenges. Just know that. It's not going to be easy, but it's doable. And once you do it, the best part is you can do it over and over and over and over again.
0: Well, uh, hell yeah, dude. Appreciate everything you said, bro. It's been Appreciate fun. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, hell yeah, been been fire shit, dude. Let's I'm get serious. it. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll see you guys all next time, man. Appreciate you, Joy, for hopping on, dude.
1: Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Hell yeah. Thanks for tuning in.